All right. What are we talking about today? Well, we got a lot going on. Uh, I don't know. What do you want to talk about? Before we get started, does anyone want to get out? Red 5 standing by. I am Iron Man. I am Loki of Asgard, and I am burdened with glorious purpose. I am vengeance. I am the knight. I am Batman. I am Groot. Hello there. Yes, I'm here to fight for truth and justice in the American way. You either die a hero or you live long enough to see yourself become the villain. If you step out that door, you are an Avenger. That's what we call ourselves, sort of like a team. Earth's mightiest heroes type thing. Superhero landing. She gonna do a superhero landing. Wait for it. I could do this all day. Folks, welcome back to Movie Punditry. I am Mr. Randell. I'm joined by Mr. Mike. And glad to have you listening to us. Um, it's been a while. How have you been, Mike? Good, good. We should probably point out, uh, I don't think we ever made this announcement. That we, oh, no, we didn't. For season, for season two here in 2020, uh, we're going to be going every uh, every other week. Yeah. Um, we were just trying to squeeze too much in. Uh, to a weekly show and uh, one it's a lot of stuff going on in our lives right now so it's a little tough but also we want to make sure that we have stuff to talk about and sometimes we were kind of stretching a little thin so I think we'd rather take the chance and you know maybe missing something or or talking about something a little after the fact like the Oscars but um, rather than you know put up weak content Yes, 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 because there's a lot of ch- 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 changes in, in our lives. But let's start with the Oscars. You are a huge fan. Um, I kind of watched it like I watched football the past couple of years through Twitter. Um, how was the show? The show was, I guess the show was okay. Um, you know, it was uh, it was the, the second year they went without a host. Um trying to avoid controversy of any host that they would pick. No, wait. Okay, so... Okay, now I'm thinking of the Grammys because they had Alicia Keys and that was horrible. Um, how do you feel about this no host <laughs> thing? It was, it was horrendous. It was... You know what? It was okay last year. Um, but I think it was... Uh, you know, I think it was fine last year given the, the climate. But I think they're really going to go back to a host because when what happens is you wind up um, if if something kind of goes off the rails a little bit, you need somebody to get out there and pull it back down. Uh-huh. And uh, they don't have that. The other thing is you wind up with people coming up simply to introduce the people who are coming up to introduce the award. It's absolutely ridiculous. That's dumb. Yes. So you okay. get a big celebrity who comes up and says, you know, ladies and gentlemen, so-and-so and then so-and-so comes up and actually presents the award yeah that's that's not good um so you said they don't want to offend anybody or you think they're afraid of getting tweeted at by the president i don't think they're worried about that i think they're worried about um you know uh, the 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 propensity of the internet to uh completely and thoroughly vet and then eviscerate anybody so, you know, they pick up, you know, they pick a host and uh, everybody goes back to 
pulls a tweet from you know 2009 and immediately there's outrage so mm-hmm. you know i think celebrities are sitting there you know especially comics are sitting there going what do i need that for yeah and uh you know i think the academy was kind of a uh, little little uh little gun shy about it but i think they they need a host they need someone like i said to just kind of direct things and just kind of put it back on track when it kind of goes off track a little bit and to to eliminate this ridiculous you know celebrities introducing celebrities introducing awards thing yeah that's that's ridiculous uh what are your highlights from the show well i think i think everybody's highlight and the you know the big surprise was and, and obviously the big the big winner of the night um, is uh, is Parasite and Bong Joon Ho. You know, Bong Joon Ho, who had kind of famously uh, derided the Oscars a couple of weeks ago, saying that oh, they're local awards, assuming that he wasn't going to win anything, and then he takes home. You know, personally, he takes home four Oscars. Um, is uh, is kind of the story of the year when it comes to award season, but but deservedly so. I mean. You know, um, I haven't seen it, but uh, I start actually started watching it the other day, and then I got pulled away, and I haven't gotten back to it. But uh, from what I'm, you know, what I'm hearing about it in the first few minutes that I watched, um, it seems to be interesting and creative. And um, you know, I like Bon Joon Ho. Uh, I love Snowpiercer. I thought it was a great movie. So that's a really good movie. And and, and I've, I saw, I watched 1917. Um, it's, it's, it's good. It's outstanding in certain areas. Um, but it's kind of a one trick pony in that it's got this, uh, you know, the conceit in the movie is that it looks like it's done in one long shot. And, um, it's a master stroke in cinematography and editing. If you take that away from it, it's an okay movie. So this uh, is it, is it a good story or is it a, eh, it's an okay story? It's an okay story. Um, okay. You know, it, the way it's done um, and the tension that the way it's filmed with this kind of, with this one shot um, adds a lot to it. Um, but I can see why it didn't win Best Picture. Okay. All right, and so. Hair love. I have you seen Hair Love? Have I seen what? Hair Love. I haven't seen. I haven't seen any of the shorts. Okay, so I had been following Matthew Cherry on Twitter for a while now. Um, he had a brief stint in the NFL. Got into uh, making films and directing. He actually uh, has done a couple episodes of Blackish, Mixed Dish, and he had you know talked about doing a Kickstarter for the book. So he wrote the book, and then um. A few years ago, I saw him like reaching out, like, "Hey, are there any like three D animators out there?" And I didn't. I had read the book before. I had seen the the short, and then I saw the short maybe like two weeks before the Oscars, and I'm like, "This is this is really really good and sad at the same time." So I'm very happy for uh, him that he won that, and hopefully, you know, it leads to bigger, better things. And like, it's a really inspirational story because you think someone that would like have a brief stint in the NFL, you think about athletes and how they spend their whole life working towards this thing, you know, he was able to take that frustration and direct that energy into something very productive. 
Um, so I'm definitely proud of him and I'm looking forward to the work that he continues to do. Uh, are you surprised that uh, there was Toy Story up for an Oscar? No. No, they weren't? Okay. I, don't think, I, don't, I don't think we're surprised at that at all. All right. Um, oh. You know, it's, I mean, it's Tom Hanks who's, you know, front and center king of the Oscars this year. Um, it's Toy Story. It's the last Toy Story. It's a twenty-year journey, um, and it's 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 a it's better than the other animated films. I mean, it's it's such a monumental accomplishment. This whole thing, and I think it's really celebrating all of it. I'm not surprised at all that it won. Okay. Um, anything else stand out? Like, because I don't have much to say on it because I didn't see it. No, I'm. I mean, I'm really, uh, you know, glad that. Uh, Ford versus Ferrari kind of got the love that it got. Yeah. Um, you know, not only did it win editing, um, which I called folks, but uh, it also won sound design, which it definitely deserved. Um, and, you know, Joker did what Joker was going to do. You expected um, that? What's that? Did you expect that? Yeah. Yeah. I figured... Um, I figured it, obviously we knew Joaquin Phoenix was going to win, mm-hmm. um, you know, and I figured it was, it was a long shot for best picture. Um, I figured that Hilda would win for, uh, for original score. Um, the score is breathtaking. It's really, really great. Um, you know, so, I mean, that, that did what it was going to do. Um, you know, everything else I think kind of fell into, um, you know, into where it goes. I think the only thing that really disappointed me, but I'm not surprised at it, is um, visual effects. You know, 1917 won, and and that's fine. But I think there were, I think there were better pictures, especially The Lion King. I think the what what Favreau and his crew did with that movie mm-hmm. is amazing, and you know. I, We've talked about it. I've got my problems with the film, but but the environments that he created out of nothing, yeah, <laughs> out of zeros and ones and polygons, um, is incredible. And I think I just think people don't know what to do with it. You know, it's you know it, it should have been uh, you know it should have been nominated for an animated film. It should have been nominated. You know where where do you put? It's like it's like it's like the problem they have with motion capture. They don't know what to do with it. They don't know what to do with this type of film. Um, but I really think it should have won visual effects because it was incredible, and in t- visually, it was an incredible movie. Yeah. Um, yeah. I just I don't know. I I don't get what their criteria is. I seems like they're they, kind of nobody does slow to catch up on things and ratings are down this year, right? Ratings are down 20% from last year, which were down from the year before. Do you think people are starting to care less and less about this thing? I think people are starting to care less and less about the show. Um, one of the things, I mean, it, it's really long. I mean, people love seeing the celebrity, you know, People, the word the red cost the red carpet does well. Yeah, people love seeing the celebrities. But I think, like for instance, they spend 
all this time in the show highlighting the songs. Yeah. And I mean, honestly, when you walk out of a movie, is that what you're thinking of? You know, how much, you know, a song is three minutes. How much of that, how much of a movie, you know what I'm saying? Is the, is the song worth and that they, that they devote, you know, they, they play all the songs. They have a live performance of all the songs. So that's at least 20 minutes Yeah, that they do of all the songs, which is to me such a small part of the film compared to the directing and the cinematography and the acting and all the other stuff that goes on. They do all these technical awards off, off screen. And they always, you know, they always miss people in the memoriam because they're cut. You know, they only have a limited amount of time to do it. And yet they spend all this time on the music, on the songs. And I, I think that's an opportunity for them to cut it. Um, although I really did enjoy uh, at least one of the performers they did. Um, they did the song from uh, Frozen. You know, the, the new song. The Unknown, that my son will Indian. not stop singing. <laughs> But they, what they did was they had, um, you know, not only Dina Menzel, but they had like all the, all the the women who sang it internationally. Oh, that's cool. And they all sang it together and like traded off verses and traded off phrases and things like that. So they would go, you know, to like Japanese and Chinese and Polish and Russian and Spanish and Castilian. And, and that part was really, really cool. Um, but uh, I think they just spend too much time on that. And, and I'm a musician. You know, I love music, <laughs> but I still think they spend too much time on that for a movie show. You know, sing the Grammys. This is <laughs> the Oscars. You know, do a little montage of the songs, move along, like they do with the scores. You know, the scores are the entire movie, and they play like a 30-second snippet of every score. That's, yeah, there's other things you can do. I can go on, you know, Spotify or Apple Music and listen to that. Absolutely. Um, so I think that's a wrap up for the Oscars. Anything you want to touch on before we move on? No, I really. Okay. I think that about does it. So what was this? Was it Saturday? Um, then we got the first look at the suit. At the at the bat suit. Yeah. We did get the first look at the bat suit. Um, a very shadowy, very red, very. Am I really going to show it to you? Version, although in, instantly there were, you know, color corrected and contrasted, and you know, high re- vis- video, high uh, high visibility versions of it that were captured and edited and put back online so people could digest it. So for me, the first thing that stood out was the music. Rooch was, and I can still recall most of the Batman music. That might have been the most eerie and haunting. I mean, if if I mean if that's even going to be in the film, but if it is, yeah, that's the most eerie and haunting thing I was. It was associated. It, but to, but to me, it was it was actually kind of. Oh, I liked remi- it. It was actually kind of reminiscent of Danny Elfman's score for the first film. Yeah. Um. But yeah, it was very kind of haunting. Oh, he did the first film. Danny Elfman did the first. So here's the thing. Um, I didn't know who this guy was until Fifty Shades of Grey came out, and I and I had to watch with my wife. I hated the score for that movie. So anytime I see his name, I just associate like, oh, he's he's horrible. I didn't know he did the first film. Yeah, he did the first Batman. 
Okay. So I guess I have to give him some some props. Yeah. <laughs> I think you I think you do. I mean, everybody gets to make a bad movie. Yeah, he, there know? were three Fifty Shades of Grey movies. Just, I think we just kind of hated those. I mean, I didn't. I've never seen them, but um, I think we just kind of. But I mean, Danny Elfman. I mean, Danny Elfman did Batman. He did The Nightmare Before Christmas. He did Beetlejuice. He did. Um, you know, he's done some. Some big stuff. So how uh, did, he did, did he end up? He did Men in Black. He did Scrooge. He did uh, Planet of the Apes. Um, you know, he's he's done some good stuff. They must just gave him a really good check, and he was like, "Okay, I'll just do it." Probably. Okay, yeah, the music was phenomenal, and I hope that's what we get in the film. I like the suit. The I what like I the saw, the too. mask threw me off a bit, but. I literally have no complaints about that suit. I mean, we haven't seen the gauntlets. Don't know what the you know the pants, the lower body is going to look like. But from what I saw, it looks like the suit from the Arkham, the last Arkham Knight game. Yeah. Oh, and I just looked up. Um, Michael Giacchino is actually doing the music for the film, and he is one of my favorite composers working today. So, what has he done? What what might he, I know? He did. Uh, he did Rogue One. Um, he did. Doc, he did Doctor Strange. He did, um, he did, uh, oh, what else did he did? He did um, Zootopia. He did, um, he did the TV show Lost. Okay. Um, he did uh, Dawn of the Planet of the Apes. He's done, he's done some really fantastic stuff. I really like his stuff. So, okay. That's, that's, that's another one in the plus column for me on this one. Um, yeah, the, the suit looks great. Yeah, and Patent, you know, Pattinson. I mean, we only saw his jaw, but he's got a jaw. So, I think he's gonna be. I, I'm fearful about how thin the man's gonna be. And granted, Bale wasn't some like monstrous guy, but he got pretty big. And it looks like from all the reports I read, this guy's having trouble adding weight. Well, I mean, you never know. I mean, you know, look what Christian Bale did. You know. You get the right trainer, you get the right workout, you get the right guys. You get the right steroids. Um, working. I mean, look at what Affleck did. Affleck was pretty large. That, but he's a naturally a big guy. Yeah, but he's also been a small guy. You know, look at some of his older movies. You know, he was net. He wasn't always a big guy. He's big framed, but he was. Yeah. He, you know, he was. He wasn't solid like he was in BVS. Patson just looks like one of these hard gainer guys. It's. No matter what he does, how much he eats, it's just going to be hard from the head on size. And I mean, I guess you give him the right suit, he'll be okay. As long as they just give him, give me better fight scenes than I got in the Dark Knight trilogy, and I'll be happy. And so, yeah, yeah, I agree with that. There wasn't any really fantastic fights in that. Oh, they're um, bad. Yeah. <laughs> Which I'll, I'll say this in the preview for our next episode. The fight scenes in Birds of Prey were, were phenomenal. Yeah. Somebody at DC knows what they're doing. I, I guess everybody outside of Chris Nolan knows what they're doing in the fight scene when it comes to their <laughs> films. Um, yeah, so I guess I guess that's it for the suit. Yeah, well, you know, we, we were talking about it the other day about what the suit is. Um, oh, yeah. Especially, the, that, the... especially that chess piece. Um, because, it you know, it certainly looks mechanical. Yes. Um, to some degree and possibly uh you know there's speculation that it's um 
that it's guns. Um, and, you know, Kevin Smith, um, we were talking about this. Kevin Smith had done a comic um, and uh, that he that he wrote. And one of the things in it was that Bruce had hunted down the uh, the gun that killed his parents and then had it. Uh, he melted it down and made a bulletproof chest piece for his suit out of it. And so it's possible that that they're kind of going this, you know, that they're they're taking that idea and kind of working with it. And because it looks like it does look like two halves of a gun in that mm-hmm. chest piece. And I'll be I, I would like that if they do that, that'd be pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, I think that would be uh, that would be good. I just hope they don't do. I, I saw a video and I don't know if it was a fan video. I don't know what it was, but it was like it was like the parts were moving. And I just hope they don't do like this, like kind of Iron Man thing with the suit, you know. So okay, forming itself in Arkham Knight, the suit doesn't. I forget the whole story, but there's this like thing where the suit has some mechanized parts because of the way the Batmobile is now, which allows them to do like a self eject thing, where like the suit it, it kind of connects to the seat. Uh huh. So that was the story behind it having like some some mechanized parts in the back, and oh, okay. that's why it looked the way it did. I mean, I don't know if they're gonna go that far, but it's if at least if you give me like where it's not totally mechanized, but you give me like a reason why it's like that, and it might, and if it does have to do with the Batmobile, I can take that's that. That's fine, but if it if it turns out to be like an Iron Man suit or Spider Man suit, where it just like he thinks about you know, yeah, where it's gonna be a problem. It's in his watch, and all of a sudden he's in his bat suit. I'm oh, gonna have God. a problem with that. Yeah, then you just some nonsense all over again um but that would exci- be huge nonsense yeah um i am excited um also just want to get to this so i finally saw a uh, jurassic world fallen kingdom today did you see it yeah i've seen it the movie's really good like that movie's really good maybe i need to watch it again yeah, I was going to say, you don't sound too enthusiastic. <laughs> um, I recall not being a huge fan of that. Is that the one where he, uh, where the nephew or whatever, they've got the the house with the, the caretaker, the, the estate. auction in the basement? Yeah. And they're, they're auctioning off the dinosaurs? Yeah. I could see how you would not like that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, at least you, you know me well enough to know. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, also, so Birds of Prey does Jack Squad. Well, it doesn't say Jack Squad. It didn't, doesn't do well. And then Sonic totally kills it at the box office. Yeah. Um, there's, there's a couple of things at the box office a week. One is, yeah, Sonic. Where the heck did that come from? $58 million um, is, is pretty respectable for an opening weekend domestic. And, um, you know, it made... 113 million dollars worldwide on an 85 million dollar budget in its first weekend. That's really good. It's pretty impressive. I think people need to be pretty happy with that. Um, that is a that is a really good. That's a really good start um, for it, you know. And I think I think Birds of Prey. I mean, it's been Birds of Prey been out a couple of weeks, right? Two weeks now. Yeah. Um, and it's it's only at 145 million, so. It's um, 
it's shall we say it's underperforming. Mm. You think this and, thing gets a sequel? Oh, I don't know. I don't know. Not if it. Uh, it depends on on the legs that it has, and and how far it goes. You know, I mean, if it if it kind of stays fairly steady, it doesn't drop off too much. It winds up doing you know four or five hundred million, maybe. It wasn't that expensive to make. It was, mm-hmm. You know, eighty five million dollars to make it. It's not not hugely expensive. It's not a you know. It's not a two hundred million dollar movie. The marketing um, must have been cheap because I didn't see a lot of commercials. Right, there wasn't. A, I mean, well, uh, there was a lot of there was a lot of billboards and there was a lot. Of, I mean, if you went around Manhattan, yeah. like week of Comic Con, it was all over Manhattan. Mm. Um, and I think they kind of blew their load a little bit there, maybe too much, and and we're trying to get that. And I don't know what it was like in San Diego. Um, or at the other cons, but I think they hit the cons really hard this year um, rather than go for general audiences, which could have been a mistake. Yeah, was. big time. Um, but the other one that I, I actually kind of want to talk about um, that surprised me is uh, is Fantasy Island um, because it did, you know, it opened up this weekend. It really hasn't had a lot of in the way of marketing. Mm-hmm. Um, and it opened up to... Twelve million dollars domestically, what? and I think it, I think it's made twenty one. I think it made twenty one million dollars worldwide over the weekend. But this thing only cost seven million dollars to make. Who went and saw that? <laughs> Apparently, a bunch of people. Um, so you know, and it's I mean, it's a suspense you know horror suspense film. It's definitely got its audience, and uh, but you know they they make these things cheap. You know, seven million dollars, and it's got Michael Pena in it. And uh, <laughs> that's where all the money went. And it made three times its budget back in its opening weekend. And then um, you end up with a franchise like Saw. This is what happens. I, I hey, I am just waiting for the horror thriller version of the Love Boat. I'm there. Oh for no! <laughs> so um, Captain Stubing, psychopath. Do you have any interest <laughs> in this remake of The Invisible Man? Oh, I I I don't. I I, I can't say I don't. Does that so, make sense? Do you remember I how I said lost in it? Yeah, because um, because it's um, it's such an interesting premise. And exactly, it's an interesting character. But like, I think back to like the Hollow Man, mm-hmm. and I'm like, oh, that was pretty bad. Um, but you know, it could be good, and and I I actually kind of like the trailer. Yeah. So maybe. So remember I talked about if it's got time travel in it, I'm there. Yeah. You start turning people invisible, I that am there. And I don't like horror. That, that could work. I, you you turn people invisible, I'm there. I, I'm going to be there. Can't help it. It's part of my, my creed. <laughs> Speaking of creed, I actually just watched Creed 2. I haven't even seen you it. You just before. watched it? <laughs> I just saw it. I like, like it I a lot. I literally just finished watching it. I it was. Uh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. It was a slow start. Uh huh. Um, like the first 20 minutes or so, I was kind of like, ah, I don't know about this movie. But then it then it kind of picked up. Um, I mean, it was like super predictable. Yeah, it was of like, course. It was it was like Rocky Four basically. Um, 
like beat for beat almost like Rocky Four, but um, but I, they worked it out. You know, the fight scenes were great. You mm-hmm. know, um, even with without Coogler directing it, it was you know put together pretty well. Um, I thought that uh, I thought that Stallone was good in it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I liked it. So it's funny you said you just saw Creed. I I watched Rocky Balboa today, and it was I'm funny. Sorry. I, was, I I see because as I'm watching this, I'm like, how did we end up with a Creed? And I'm watching this movie like, oh, I see how we ended up with a Creed. This movie was horrendous. They the it it was like the fan service from the Rise of Skywalker, but times a hundred. <laughs> Like even the credit. Do you ever watch the credits? Uh, I don't know if I. Uh, so the credits for this movie are just regular, random Philadelphia citizens running up and down the steps. Oh, I do remember that. Yes, I was sitting there watching this thing. Like this is bad. This is real bad. It's just, I don't know. Say it was just a weird day. Like I just sat around watching. I got the chance to just sit around and watch a bunch of movies. Like I watched Rocky Balboa. Um, I watched Godzilla: King of Monsters, which wasn't bad. I too many humans and not a. I actually, I, yeah, no, I actually kind of liked. Um, I actually kind of liked that movie. I do. I just wish it was less humans in it. And like uh, what? Less humans. Just give me more monsters. <laughs> I, I don't seriously. know. What people don't understand. Like, if you're gonna give me monster a monster movie, give me all the monsters I can get and less humans. Yeah, there were a ton of monsters in that movie. No, no, just the whole movie. I don't. I don't need to hear people. <laughs> and then that's I also, one way, that's one way to do it. I watched the AI or that Steven Spielberg film, which uh, oh wow, that's an old one. Yeah, a lot of that stuff I did not see coming. That was the one that Kubrick Kubrick started, and then Kubrick died, and Spielberg finished it. Yeah, really, really, really weird and sort of predictable. That 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 robot thing was creepy too, with an imprinting on the mom. It is absolutely. Yeah, today was it was a weird day. I just got to watch a bunch of different stuff. Um, and then it, I, I've been, you know, I've also got back into my comic books. Uh, and I remember last time we were together, we talked about the what DC was doing, and then the the Marvel the end. So I was able to pick up the the Captain America version, and his is pretty cool because it finds himself in like this post apocalyptic world where. Instead of zombies, they have a bunch of red skulls. There was like this red skull virus, and people turn into red skull, and he's fighting them off. And then he comes to this realization, which I, I know they took from a zombie movie, but I just can't remember which one. Where like there's so many zombies, he's like, you know what? I'm the problem. I'm the enemy. If I just you know give myself up, then everything will be fine. But then he finds some human survivors. And one of the humans needs a blood transfusion. They take Cap's blood and, and gives it to the the person. And they realize that his blood can cure the zombies. So they um eventually like beat back enough of them that they can set up a base and they just start making like these cures out of Cap's blood. So it was pretty cool. And then the art was like some really early like Marvel 1970 styles artwork. So it was pretty good. And I think the last one is going to be like a Venom the End, and there's a, I think a Loki one, and then they'll be wrapped up on that series. Hmm. But yeah, there's, there's some pretty good stuff going on in the books right now. Yeah, that that sounds uh, 
That's pretty interesting. Uh, what have um, you been up to? What have you been watching? Um, I've been. Um, I started watching. Uh, this, well, we got the, the last season of Homeland started, um, which is really good. Um, the last season of Man in the High Castle. Um, I've started watching. I think altered uh, carbon. carbon. Um, either dropped or is dropping this week. Um, cause so I'm going to have to jump into that. Um, so, you know, a couple of things going on that I've been, uh, that I've been watching. Yeah. I'm sort of, you know, it's just still trying to finish up sorting up the, the house, but I think we're pretty settled in, uh, with that. Um, so I'm going to need to find, find something to watch. I added some stuff to my Netflix queue. I can't remember exactly what it was. Oh, there's, Cannot remember the name, but it's like some French uh, series that's dubbed where this guy loses his girlfriend and then she comes back, but he gets his box dropped off at his house. And if when he enters the box, he can go back in time. Oh, wow. But nobody believes him. So he starts going back and changing things and then he goes forward and tells me, look, I did this or he'll tell him, you know, I'm going to go do something and change it. And then in the previous day, also I'm trying to, I guess something goes wrong. He tried to get rid of the box and find out who actually gave it to him. So I'm going to jump into that tomorrow. Oh, oh I've also been watching um, the second season of uh, Narcos Mexico, which is fantastic. Now, is that a spinoff of the regular series? Yeah. So, yeah. So there was the original series was uh, Narcos, which I think was uh, three uh, seasons. And it focused on uh, mainly on Colombia. Yeah. Um, in the late 70s, early 80s, the first two seasons kind of focused on Pablo Escobar. Um, and then the third season focused on one of the other, uh, the Cali cartel. Um, and then Narcos Mexico focuses on the Sinaloa cartel. Um, and, um, you know, which was kind of going on at the same time. Uh, so it's, but it, but it's really well done. Um, Diego Luna is the the star of it, and uh, he's really fan, he's really fantastic in it, and mm-hmm. uh, I really enjoy it. So they just dropped the second season last week, um, and uh, Scoot McNary is in it. Um, he plays like the he's like the the DEI the DEA lead mm-hmm. um, in this one. Michael Pena was was the guy in uh, in the first season. Um, but he got it, and it's kind of loosely based on true, on like true, you know, true, true events. Yeah. Um, and a lot of the, a lot of the people, um, in it are based on, uh, you know, real characters. Um, so for instance, uh, Michael Pena, uh, played a guy, uh, Kiki Camarena, who was a DEA agent who actually got killed yeah. by the, by the, by the by the cartel um you know diego luna um you know he plays um you know kind of the head of the uh the sinaloa cartel um who is uh felix felix gallardo gallardo is his name um you know so and it's kind of his whole journey through the whole thing and how he's how he builds up um 
you know, the cartel, how he kind of unites all the different groups in Mexico, um, but how he's still battling against like the Colombians and their dominance and stuff. It's really interesting. Like the first season was all about like how was like uh, how he kind of got into the business with uh, with marijuana. Mm-hmm. And then towards the end of it, it was like how we started stepping into cocaine. And now like this season is is he's is more of the cocaine. So it's really kind of cool. Nice. But it's really well done. It's really well acted. Um, you know, it's great music in it. And it's just it's just uh, Narcos has been from the beginning has been really fantastic. Okay, so before we get out of here, we have to discuss the Fast Nine trailer. Do we though? I think they're trolling people at this point. <laughs> like I think they heard everybody's little like, oh, now they're the Avengers and all those other, all these jokes after Fast Eight, and they're like, we're just gonna do everything that you like. <laughs> I would have never thought that they would take a car and swing from a vine like Tarzan with the car. Exactly. Or that someone would throw it, and it looks like, and I, and I hope I'm wrong, but someone throws a car at Dom and he catches it. They, they have, yeah, well, he's not going to let the rock outdo him in his own franchise, is he? <laughs> oh, and then John Cena is his brother. His evil brother. Evil brother. Evil brother. Who's, he's a, a, what is he, a stunt racer, a spy. Something like that. A traffic. Where did these dudes get the time to get all these skills and abilities? Because when they were driving Honda Civics and, <laughs> and, and jacking up 18-wheelers, not once did it ever look like they were this skilled. Nope. They were just, they were pulling back. <laughs> I need like a fast prequel to explain all this stuff to me. Like I need to see what Don was doing in high school and, and whatever he did after high school. And how does he have this this military maneuver background capabilities? It's insane. Yeah. yeah, no, it's it's definitely yeah. Street racing, boosting cars is not going to give him the skill set that he has. And that's what I um, wish they'd go back to. Right, like they they kind of it looked like they were going to go into it in, I think in in seven or eight. I think it was in eight, right, where they went to back to the house and like yeah, he was talking about his father. And the things that his father used to do and stuff, I thought maybe they were going to kind of push into that, but then they then they wound up doing nothing with it. No, then they got a, a where they have like a tank on ice. Yeah, yeah, and you know the submarine or whatever. And yeah. So, um, yeah. So I don't know how this is going to. I mean, I you know I can't even take these things seriously, but you know they're kind of running back into the pool a little bit. They've got, you know. Uh, Lucas Black is in this one. Little Bow Wow is in this one. So they're going back to the Tokyo Drift. Obviously, uh, Han is back somehow. The same way the Emperor came back. <laughs> the exact... Like the dead speak. Time, you can bring back Han Solo. <laughs> if you can bring back Han Solo, you can bring back Han Solo. <laughs> When I saw that part of the trailer, I'm like, "Oh, we just you guys just don't care anymore now." Like, like y'all just, I think they stopped caring after like five. Yeah, when when Letty came back to life, the exactly. Beak, wow. Like, I don't think I'll be there day one. I'll probably go on a Tuesday at like ten in the morning when there's nobody else there. Like oh, my, I will definitely go see it. It's yeah, they're worth seeing. You know, um, 
and they're definitely worth seeing in the theater for all the noise and spectacle and ridiculousness. Yeah. Like I just want them to go back to just racing like Honda Civics and Acura Integras and and Mustangs on the street, not in Brazil on a one lane cliff dirt road. Or maybe you know what that Six Underground thing on Netflix? Have you watched that? Yes. Is that essentially the same thing as Fast and the Furious? Yeah, it's like a knockoff version of that. I think I'll watch that tonight. That'll make me feel better. Um, anything before we get out of here? Um, I don't know if you saw the news, but apparently they've added to Mandalorian Season 2. Sasha Banks, WWE. Sasha Banks. I don't know what that's going to be, but... Whenever I see a WWE superstar get a, like, a, a role in anything that's like mainstream media, I get happy. Because that is Vince's worst nightmare. He does not want another <laughs> Rock John Cena situation. Like, he is terrified of these people becoming mainstream stars and leaving him. Oh, yeah, absolutely. They definitely don't, do not need Vince McMahon at that point. You know, the Rock, the Rock can buy and sell Vince McMahon like seven times over. There's a podcast I listened to, and it was a great story. And I didn't know this, but when The Rock was taking roles like uh, the Tooth Fairy and the Rolling Get Smart, Vince was actually calling him up, like, don't take these roles. You're making my rock character that I have for you in WWE look bad. And then the rock just stopped picking up his phone calls for a while. Yeah, pretty much. I'm like, and, then Vince was, and then Vince was begging him to come back, begging him to come back. Like, who do you think you are to tell me what roles I'm going to take? Exactly. Nuts. Besides the mouse has got more juice than Vince McMahon. Oh, way more juice. And that man is still, di- I tell you, we're not getting a black Adam. He's dying to get into a Marvel film. Yeah, but all all those all those terrible movies that he did, the you know the Tooth Fairy and Game Plan and all that, those were like that Disney contract that he had to do, and he had to do you know Witch Mountain or whatever. Oh yeah, I forgot about that one. Yeah, oof. <laughs> right, anything before we get out of here? No, man. I think uh, I think we're good for now. Okay, folks, we will be back in not Two next weeks. week, the week after. Two weeks. And for me, Randall Burns, peace, Mr. Mike. This is Mike Mahoney. Take it easy, folks. Later.